good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. And we'll start off with the daily COVID numbers. There were 207 new COVID-19 fatalities and 21,038 new cases over the past 24 hours, the Public Health Ministry reported on Wednesday morning. There were 20,867 cases in the population and 173 among prison inmates. Over the past 24 hours, 22,012 COVID-19 patients were diagnosed recovered and were discharged from hospital. Now our first story of the day. Pattaya plan to reopen postponed indefinitely. The plan to open Pattaya City to foreign vaccinated tourists on September 1st has been officially postponed by the Tourism Authority of Thailand. Worse, the TAT is unable to provide an alternative date of when the city will be able to relax restrictions and reopen its economy, devastated by the COVID-19 regulations and measures. I don't think this comes as any surprise to anyone. Infections are high vaccination rates low, and they are just not there yet in preparedness for opening to foreign tourists. In truth, once Bangkok gets itself sorted, I think areas like Patio will become more prioritised, and let's hope so. People and businesses are really suffering down there with little to no help from this hapless government. Hardcore protesters and street battles with police in Bangkok on Tuesday night. Hardcore anti-establishment protesters fought street battles with the police, throwing their ping-pong bombs, bricks and other hard objects in response to the police use of tear gas, water cannons and rubber bullets at Ding Deng intersection in Bangkok, which was the scene of similar clashes during a protest organised by the Free Youth Movement on Saturday. A number of protesters refused to disperse after leaders of the United Front for Tamasat and Demonstration Group, which organised the protest on Tuesday, announced an end to the rally at about 5.20pm and told all the protesters to go home immediately. As police advanced in formation to break up the protest, they were showered with various types of missiles, triggering another round of street battles during which a police kiosk at Ding Deng intersection was set ablaze, which was quickly extinguished by the police. Deputy spokesman for the Royal Thai Police, Police Colonel Krasana told an impromptu news conference this evening there were two groups of protesters, one of which just wanted to protest against the government while the second group were intent upon inciting unrest. He said that additional police have been deployed to Ding Deng intersection to prevent the situation getting out of control. He insisted that the police had done everything within international rules of engagement when keeping peace and order, admitting that on several occasions the police were provoked by the protesters. At least six police officers were wounded in the clash according to the Bangkok Metropolitan Administration Arawan's Emergency Medical Service Centre. Some were reportedly hit in the legs by explosives and shots. At about 7.30pm it was reported that some protesters torched another police kiosk near the Victory Monument. At around 9.15pm both sides began retreating from the Ding Deng intersection. Now, the protests recently have began to turn violent with both protesters and police engaging with each other. It should be noted that protests and mass gatherings are banned under current COVID-19 regulations, which is no different than many other parts of the world. Indeed, many countries have banned mass protests, as we've seen in the UK, in Ireland, in parts of America, even in Australia. 
protesters are coming to these events prepared to take on the police. Now, I do not agree with the violence. I am all for protests, but peaceful protests. There is no justification for violence from either side. The protesters' main demand, the present, is for the resignation of the Prime Minister, General Prayachanacha. It's highly unlikely he will ever resign. However, there is certainly pressure on him to do so. The issue I have, and the question I have for the protesters and Thai people in general is, if he did resign, who would replace him? Who is your candidate? I've yet to hear that mentioned, and indeed these protests seem to be really leaderless, with the many of the so-called leaders in jail at present. I don't see a legitimate replacement for the general. However, if he did resign tomorrow, he would just be replaced by a person nominated by the military-controlled Senate. Next in line is who? Anatan, the health minister, or the convicted drug dealer minister, who is now one of the most powerful men in the ruling party. None of these are capable of leading Thailand through this period. Or do they call an election? Recent changes to election voting means parties like the popular Move Forward party would do worse than now, and the ruling party would just increase its overall seats in parliament. This would end up giving them a majority and even more power. There is no quick fix to all of this. I think protesters know this. But I asked the question to you, should the PM resign? Or as the saying goes, better the devil you know than the devil you don't. I'd love to know those thoughts down in the comment section. Now next, CDC scuppers quarter three tourism hopes. The latest travel warning from the US Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, against travel to Thailand has exacerbated the tourism outlook for the third quarter with all hopes now resting on the high season. With a surge of daily infections and record high fatalities being reported, the flow of travelers will automatically drop with or without travel advisories as people are concerned about health and safety, according to the president of the Association of Thai Travel Agents. On August 9th, Thailand was added to the highest level four list of countries, that's very high, which urges fully vaccinated US citizens to avoid travel to Thailand due to the risk of exposure to the virus and its variants. Mr. Sizavashar said travelers will avoid visiting Thailand after this warning. Even though the Phuket Sandbox has tried to establish itself as separate from the rest of Thailand, a recent flare-up of new cases on the island means the scheme might not have gained travelers' confidence. Phuket has recorded 54 new local cases on August 10, while there were 611 inpatients in hospital, occupying 69.4% of hospital beds in the province. The government has to effectively control the outbreak in a timely manner for the upcoming high season to allow more destinations to reopen and welcome tourists from Europe, he said. However, most countries in Asia are still suffering from the pandemic and might not be able for overseas holidays this year. Sharintip Tiafone, president of the Tourism Council of Krabi, said the CDC warning will affect bookings for the Phuket Sandbox in August and September as travellers wait and see how the situation evolves. Krabi, Kosamui and Panya are set to join the upcoming 7 plus 7 Sandbox Island extension scheme this month, which lets tourists travel to other islands after spending their first seven days in Phuket. Miss Sharon Tip said the US is one of the top markets for CoPP, so there might be some American tourists who continue with their plans. However, operators in Krabi are not expected to see an influx of travelers during the first stage of reopening, particularly in September, which is the lowest season for the Andaman provinces. Mrs. Sharon Tip said, the reopening should be a test run for the standard operating procedures in high season. We hope the national vaccine rollout could reach 10 million doses per month in August and September to contain and prevent outbreaks, paving the way for tourism to rebound in October, she said. Now, I don't buy this whole downgrading malarkey. 
Many EU countries are on the list, including the UK, Ireland, France, Portugal and Greece, to mention a few. From my knowledge of things happening in these countries, people are still travelling in numbers from the States. It hasn't put people off. The simple fact is, if you are vaccinated and look after yourself, you will be fine. A little bit of common sense can go a long way when travelling. It certainly seems to me that the powers that be are looking for excuses for dwindling sandbox numbers and things not going according to plan. I genuinely think their expectation was that hundreds of thousands of people were intent on visiting Thailand and there would be scores of people on flights arriving at Phuket International Airport. This was simply not realistic. We are in a pandemic. Entry requirements are erroneous and Thailand is in its worst predicament in terms of the pandemic since April last year. They literally chose the wrong time to try reopen, but now it has happened and we are open, we must persevere even if it only really helping a few of the big hotel chains. In relation to the 7 plus 7 reopening for Panya and Krabi, which also includes Kaolak, it has still not been approved by the CCSA or the Cabinet and has not been published in the Royal Gazette. It is due to begin on August 15th, with the first potential arrivals in Kaolak on August 22nd, so let's see what happens with that one. But again, just like the Phuket sandbox being left to the very last minute. Now, also jump back and remember this was meant to start on August 1, so surely by now they would have had this all approved. I'm still thinking it's not going to happen, as they say. Now, the next two stories are very much linked. Thai police seeking spyware that will help it monitor chat applications. Thai police are seeking software that would help it monitor chat applications and social media private messages, a police source told the Thai Enquirer on Tuesday. The Royal Thai Police have reached out to several companies selling software like the Pegasus software developed by an Israeli defense company. Police have approached vendors looking for technology that could be used to monitor messages sent between popular chat applications like Line, WhatsApp and Telegram. Police will use the application to monitor and prevent political protests, as well as to go after members of organized crime and drug smugglers, the source told the Inquirer, on the condition of anonymity. The news will worry rights groups and dissidents, especially after a watch list of protest leaders and opposition politicians was revealed on Monday. Thai police have been in the crosshair of pro-democracy demonstrators after clashes between protesters and the police left several injured. The police have been accused by the student-led demonstrators of using heavy-handed tactics against unarmed protesters, including the use of tear gas, rubber bullets and water cannons. Police have also been instrumental in carrying out arrests of protest leaders, including several high-profile arrests that took place in the middle of the night. Now that brings us into the second story. Leaked documents allegedly show government's watch list of dangerous dissidents. A document that was leaked to the press on Monday evening apparently shows a government watch list of dissidents that is under government surveillance and facing travel restrictions. The document was sent to the press by members of the opposition and features some of the most prominent anti-government protesters along with opposition parliamentarians and journalists. Included in the list are Move Forward Party leader Pita Lim Jamanrat, former Future Party leader Tanatorn Jung Krunkunkit, and the protest leader Anand Nampa and journalist Pravid Rujampro. The government has yet to comment on the authenticity of the document, but a spokesman for the army said on Tuesday that the document was fake news. It is unclear what kind of restrictions face those on the watch list, but if the list is real, it's a worrying escalation of the administration's war on civil liberties. Not only 
is the administration using continuous violence and arrest against peaceful protesters, but this document is troubling because it includes members of the press and politicians as well, said the Thai political analyst Arun Saranchai. This means to the government they will paint anyone that opposes them with the same brush. What we need to understand now is what membership on the list entails and what kind of surveillance is being done against them. Okay, so this is going back actually to the coup of 2014. This list that appeared is from back then. So I don't know whether it's actually still in operation right now, but it's actually back to the time of the NCPO, the National Council for Peace and Order. It's worth noting that coup makers are absolved from any prosecution due to laws written by them into the last constitution. Within this document was categories for putting the, these so-called dissidents. Now, they were broken down as follows. There was Group D, which stands for Delete, hardliners who can be deleted or killed if they resist. There was Group C for Catch, those needing to be arrested. Group R for Restricted, those needing to be restricted, threatened and monitored, such as dissident academics or journalists. And then there was Group S for Service, opposition politicians and bureaucrats needing to be bribed or won over through incentives, benefits and services. This is all very disturbing if it's true. It just shows the mindset of the coup makers and the current people who are in charge of Thailand right now. There seems to be nothing they won't do to stay in power. And these kind of lists, when they come up into the public domain, do get people worried. This particular list now had been signed off by immigration officers, I believe, and it had also been signed off by other members of the NCPO, stamped as classified. They can come around and say fake news all the time. This is a term that was brought up by uh, Donald Trump back in the day, where they discussed fake news. Now, there's one thing that, and I agree, there is a lot of fake news out there, but if you're going to cry fake news then prove that it is fake news. You just can't simply say the word fake news and offer no counter to the argument. That's absolute nonsense in my way, in my opinion and a complete cop out. Now for a roundup of Phuket news. There were 54 reported COVID-19 infections in Phuket on August 10th, 38 local and 16 from cargo ship crews. 512 people arrived on the Phuket sandbox scheme flying in on five flights. One Qatar Airways, one Emirates, one Cathay Pacific from Hong Kong and two Singapore airline flights. Phuket finally achieved the 70% mark for vaccinated residents. A total of 327,195 people are now fully vaccinated. I will note that yesterday the head of the Oxford vaccine group in the UK announced that herd immunity is now not possible with the Delta variant. So where we go with all this, I don't know. For the month of August, there are 148,116 room nights booked for the sandbox model. And in September, just 21,600. Some other news. The Phuket governor, Narang Wunsi, has declined to confirm or deny whether or not the current COVID restrictions across the island for entering Phuket will be eased coming next Monday, August 6th, when the current order enforcing the restrictions is set to expire. And the area around Phuket Town Fresh Market 1 on Renang Road in Phuket Town has been placed under lockdown for one week following a spate of infections at the market. No people are allowed to enter or leave the area except for the food delivery people, cooking gas, medical equipment, as well as emergency ambulances and medical staff, said a provincial order issued by the governor again on August 10th. The order will be in effect until August 17th. Yes, the Phuket governor is a very busy man issuing provincial orders each and every day. I doubt he could even keep up with the amount that he has issued or probably doesn't even understand any of the restrictions himself. August 16th is meant to see the expiry of the Phuket order 
banning people from entering the province. Now, I take issue with the fact that international tourists are allowed to continue to enter Phuket, while Thai citizens and expats who maybe live in Phuket aren't allowed and are stuck outside the province waiting to be able to go home. And there are a lot of us and people like me and Thai citizens who work in Panya, travel up and down to Phuket each day, Phuket people who've got businesses in Panya and surrounding provinces and are just not able to take care of these businesses and are watching these businesses going to pot. If you want to have a proper system, as far as I'm concerned right now, vaccination certificate and your COVID test. But here's the thing, there's nothing wrong with the regulations we had before for entering the island. The only issue was the people who were implementing this and the people who were at the checkpoint who are meant to be checking these documents and ensuring that the rules are being followed. If you follow the rules strictly, then you're not going to have too many COVID cases entering Phuket. But if you're lax about it, and there has been cases where people have gotten in without the correct paper, then you get what you have. So this is all as far as I'm concerned on Phuket officials and certainly not the people. Implement the rules you set and you won't have much issue. And finally, no thanks to Anatan, Thais praise Joe Biden for Pfizer doses. Sometimes giving credit where it's due is about denying it where it isn't. After a placard praising Thailand's unpopular public health minister for vaccines donated by the United States went viral to bitter gasps, people responded by going out of their way to thank the man they felt deserved props, US President Joseph Biden. Mr. Joe Biden, President of the United States of America, gave Pfizer COVID-19 vaccines to health workers August 9, 2021, read one sign held in an inoculation selfie. In images popping up across social media, health workers and other eligible for the mRNA vaccines cradle thank you messages which, while they got jabbed, at least one person made their own Biden gratitude meme on an iPad to hold. Some images were quickly laundered by online meme smiths who had fun putting Biden in the kind of traditional suits worn by Thai officials when they want to look regional. Some were motivated by resentment after seeing the original placard crediting Anatan Nu Sharavakul, who's become widely reviled for his handling of the pandemic. The sign, meant as a photo backdrop for Anatan's visit to central Thailand, thanked him for giving Pfizer vaccines to health workers in Nakhon Sawan. The vaccines were actually part of more than 1.5 million doses donated by the United States late last month. A local health official in Nakhon Sawan dispelled doubts about the sign's authenticity. Provincial health worker Adesorn Watasanak said that though the cutout was authentic and meant to thank Anotan when he visited Saturday, they decided not to display it publicly for fear that it would become political. I and my team reconsidered it and concluded that it would be inappropriate as it might be linked with a political purpose, Adesorn said yesterday. So in the end, the cutout was not put up. Nonetheless, there has been a lot of domestic politics in play over the donation, which underscored Thailand's failure to deliver its vaccine promises. After the US donated vaccines arrived July 30th, questions immediately surfaced about whether medical frontliners would receive the half they were promised. Even deeper doubts were raised about some portions being siphoned away to the VVVVV IPs or the military. Now you got to love that story when you see how the people really responded to their minister of health and he has been getting a lot of flack recently. In fact, he came out to basically wash his hands of the vaccine procurement situation by saying that it had nothing to do with him and that he was just there to offer support. One makes you wonder why there is a ministry of health in Thailand at all. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in those comments down below because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel, share this video and do 
whatever, all that good stuff you love to do with it. But ultimately, my name is Kira Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show and we'll see you next time.